This is the MDRT Podcast. How do you engage and keep harmony amongst the variety of staff members that you have, whether they are older or newer, a virtual assistant or a family member? During a recent discussion at MDRT headquarters, Ana Sofia Rodriguez, Panama Republic of Panama. Matthew Murphy, Calgary, Alberta. Adam Blumberg, Houston, Texas. Talked about who they work with and how they best utilize their team. I think in our business, what makes us stand out and what makes us unique is approaching it from like a family base. You know, we have, there's myself as the principal and my senior partner, Paul, and a few agents. And anytime we're making a decision, whether it's business planning or, you know, what piece of furniture we're going to bring to the office or what technological systems we're going to implement, anything with that, we've always brought it to the table and given everybody involved in our business a say, whether we take their opinion to heart and and implement based on their opinion is a a different story, but we've always given everybody a voice. And I think that's led to having a generally warm feeling where people feel engaged and involved, which has led us to do some incredible business planning, especially with a forward look to, to where do we see our practice three years, five years, 10 years out, what the overall goal is. I think we've all been able to accept each other's own opinions and try to meld it into a common goal, a common effort that we're all contributing to on our own individual levels. And that has propelled our business planning to move along quite nicely. In the past, we've made several mistakes right down to who's going to be in charge of what, and we've really kind of dialed it up based on strengths. So what's unique about our practice, what's something that we do that makes us stand out, I think, is making every person in our firm involved, and thus we're able to keep the overall business planning congruent. So just in the way that we're uh, onboarding new advisors, we've always kind of taken an individualized approach based on that individual that we're looking to retain for our company. That said, we standardized it, and that was a tough decision to make because some people were more affected than others existing staff kind of got a little bit of an upgrade new staff coming in didn't really know what what they could have been subjected to in terms of a contract so that was something that came up and we approached it fairly carefully because we didn't want to upset the existing people but we did need some form of continuity and some uniformity when it came to who we're attracting, why we're attracting them, what we're compensating them with, the model that we're we're using. And I think we've seen quite a few companies, other brokerages in Canada start asking us questions on, you know, how we're doing it and why we're doing it because they see that from a continuity standpoint, it seems to be working. It's kind of exciting. It's a little bit of a reward in and of itself. Actually, we we're talking a little bit about it previously, about the new generations coming into the business and how do you keep them motivated? And for example, we were mentioning the fact of millennials coming into the workforce and how do you keep them motivated and to gain their interest in becoming part of your practice? And one of the things we mentioned is the fact that they like changes happening and fast. Yeah, millennials don't like to wait around. Yeah, so when they make suggestions, acknowledge them, 
make them feel part of the team and implement them as fast as you can if they're good suggestions, of course, but in order to keep them motivated and make them want to remain as part of your workforce. But at the same time, you have to balance with your existing workforce, which is from other generations, and that they're used to doing things a certain way. And you have to acknowledge their experience that they have and find a balance in between those two generations. For example, in my case, it's a family-owned and operated firm and I work with my mom, my dad, so that's a different generation, but I also work with my brother and my sister. Um, My brother is 30 years old, so he's an entire different generation, and I see it every day in our office. When he makes a suggestion, he wants changes to happen really fast, and things are mostly technologically oriented. Also, the way we do marketing, many of the suggestions are to do marketing on social media, how to reach clients in new and different ways, on the opposite of the traditional ways of reaching clients through seminars, through referrals, that kind of thing. Yeah, we had one guy in our office, older advisor, had been in the business 20 plus years. We had approached him back in 2011 with regards to his succession plan. Where did he see his business going over the next decade? Did he see himself continue on as an advisor? And so we entered into an agreement to pick up his book of business and start servicing the clients and looking after them and growing the business, etc. So nature ran its course and it started out smooth and it, it turned into a little bit of a bumpy road in that again being from a different generation you have an office we have an office full of young upbeat motivated advisors and then we had one guy that was 63 that when he needed somebody to to know something had happened in the office he would scribble a note and put it on their desk and four days later he'd be upset that he hadn't gotten a note back being a younger generation we're using email we're using direct messaging text messaging and so then the you know the generational gap kind of presented itself where we said here's the cell phone that didn't work he couldn't figure out how to send a text message and so we'd be sitting in a meeting and getting this broken message (laughs) followed by frustration that he just wasn't getting across to our model so i mean ultimately you know he's retiring on october 6th and we'll be looking to replace what he did for our company over the years that he was with us. But I think a lot of the staff are looking forward to that because there's gonna be less frustration and a little bit more seamless transition when it comes to bringing somebody in, in terms of their ability to function within the model that we've set up, so. As we've changed our business plan to this RIA model and I've realized that I don't wanna build a huge practice. I don't wanna have to staff this and. Uh, I don't want to have to build all these processes and everything. We, When I say we, I have a partner and we had one assistant. We no longer have any assistants that work for us full time. We've actually outsourced our staff. So we have virtual assistants to help with our individual clients. And then I've outsourced the retirement plan part of our business. Um, the, the assistance part, the staffing part to someone else who's a retirement plan expert who I've actually worked with in the past who lives in a different state than I do and she's helping to service our retirement plans whereas this other firm who's out of Florida is helping to be our assistants to 
schedule with our clients to set up paperwork, to fill out applications, schedule time with them. Everything I need, I can just email them and say, here's what I need you to do. They have email addresses that look like they're coming from us. They have access to our CRM system. They have access to CR reporting and everything. And so I'm actually trying to get leaner in terms of staff because to me, the technology is there to where I don't have to hire someone full time because then I'm just going to have issues and it's going to take time away from what I want to do, which is I want to bring on new clients. I want to bring on bigger clients. I don't want to have so many clients that I can't spend time with my family and vacation and do everything I want to do. And if I'm spending time hiring and training and worrying about what my staff is doing and having to figure out how to pay them and pay their health insurance and everything else, then I don't get to do all the things I want to do. And I've learned that in some regards, I'm a little bit selfish like that. And I'm saying, look, I don't want as many clients, which means I don't need as much service I don't need a full-time person, and so I'm going to outsource as much as I can. So I'm kind of going the opposite way and saying, you know what, if they're going to be millennials that want to come work, let them go work for this outsourced virtual assistant company, get trained in that, and they can be working for other advisors also around the country, and I'm going to pay for the time that I use them. How did your clients react to scaling back the staff you know a lot of our clients are regularly used to calling in and speaking with our support staff and you know how's maddie doing and when can i get in to see him and now it's kind of like from the sounds of it they're calling a a call center well no no personality or, or personal relationship there right so it's a really good question that i was really worried about which is why it took me so long to pull the trigger and let my assistant go because she actually had a pretty good relationship with a lot of my clients. They were on first name basis. They would talk about family and what they did for vacation and everything else. So that was really tough for me. Now the virtual assistants I have, they have a phone number that's my phone number and they just have an extension off of it. So they're not calling a call center. They have my email address, you know, my domain. Yeah. So as far as my clients are concerned, they don't necessarily know that it's someone who works for a third party. Yeah. Now, how does that impact what we do? What I have found through this is my assistant was doing things she shouldn't have been doing, not in a nefarious, illegal way, but she was doing things for some of, for instance, our retirement planning clients that actually put us at risk from a liability perspective. She was getting reports and calling banks and, and getting information that our clients would ask for that we should not have been doing that actually put us at risk and i didn't even know that because she was good at her job and she would just do her job and not even say hey adam here's what i'm doing today for this client she would just go do it and that was great and the clients liked it and now my person that i've outsourced some of the retirement plan service to has said hey did you know your assistant was doing all this you know this puts you at more risk from a liability perspective i said i had no idea she was doing it and we're gonna have to put a stop to it yeah fortunately i kind of have I'm, I'm throwing the department of labor rule excuse out there and saying hey with this new dol regulation i can't do this anymore you're gonna have to go straight to your bank or straight to your cpa or whomever and get this information we can't do that anymore i know we were doing it before now we can't so uh, you know some of our clients are a little bit miffed about that that they actually have to do work that they're supposed to do and i'm not doing it for them anymore but i fortunately i had a convenient excuse for it 
but I'm very glad that we found that out because we were undertaking some liability that I didn't even know we were doing and I certainly don't want to take that liability on. I think what you're doing is a great idea for someone who's wanting to scale down like you, but also for someone who's starting their practice and doesn't have like a bit budget at first or a huge client list, they can start small outsourcing like you're doing. I think it's good. I totally agree. It's great. It's been great so far. The other thing is they're experts at the CRM system. They're experts at creating workflows. That's what they do on a day-to-day basis. They know how to use our reporting systems and everything. So they, they know it much better than we do. I don't have to train them in it. Right? They, they knew it from day one. So it's just a matter of setting the guidelines. Here's how I want you to interact with my clients. The only thing we are having to train is they're have been virtual assistants dealing mainly with investments, investment management, fee-based planning, that kind of thing. They haven't done as much insurance in the past. So I'm having to train them on how to work with insurance clients on how to schedule exams and do the applications, but they pretty much know how to do the application process. The other thing is they're very much more technologically sound than my assistant was. So they're doing everything electronically. All my clients are getting all their documents to sign electronically. So I never have to go to them with a stack of paperwork anymore. It's all sent to them. They can sign by email. If they really want to print out the paperwork and sign it and send it to me, they can. But most of my clients are too busy and don't want to do that. So I envision a day where I don't even really have an office. Like I can just wake up in the morning and work from wherever I want to work. And if I meet with my clients, I go meet with them at their shop. And I don't need to have anyone come into my office. With your particular model that you have set up, the fact that you are outsourcing to you know a third-party company, is there a regulatory requirement for disclosure to the clients that, saying, hey, you know what, this third-party company is going to have access to your name, your address, your date of birth, your... Um, you know, social security number, your financial statements, all the information that we as advisors retain. Is that something that's coming down the pipeline from a regulatory standpoint? Has it already landed? Within our form ADV that we have to send out to all of our clients, it discloses in there that we might be using third parties for anything from investment management to client management and everything else. So it's disclosed in there. Now, we don't come out and say, hey, here are all the people that are going to have access to your personal information. We also have agreements with the virtual assistants to say, you're not going to use this for any illegal purposes and you maintain security on all of your computers. And if there's some sort of breach of security or or breach on your side, then you're liable for that. And, And that's in the agreement we have with them. Now, they have the ability to log into our systems, to log into our CRM system, to use our phone system, to log into our reporting systems, but they have their own login. So they're not using my username and password, they're using their own. So if at any point we decide to stop using them, if that particular assistant that we use within their company is no longer with their firm, I can cut their access off anytime I want. And they no longer have access. Also, if there's any data missing, if, if something happens on a particular client, well, we know who logged in at any one point, and we yeah. know who got that information. So um, I, I haven't yet had the client who said, I don't want that third party 
necessarily to have my data because I, I think we're in an age where there are so many third parties that have everyone's data that it's not going to be a worry until it's a worry, right? It's not a problem until it's a problem. When there's a breach, they're going to wonder where it came from. If they ever have any sort of identity theft issues, my clients will probably go looking and saying, who had access to this information? And they might come to me and ask, and I'll say, well, here's my third party that also had access to it, and we can investigate from that point. But the most I can do is let my clients know I have a contract with this third party, and that's who has access to the data. If enough clients didn't like it, I'd probably end up hiring someone, and then I'd have to raise my fees. Yeah. This would be my last question on it. Sorry. Okay. Just really intrigued with the whole virtual assistant thing because, you know, we always say we're in a people business and then to, so, you know, my question is the assistants, do you have the same virtual assistant or is it whoever is on that end? Is it the same individual day in and day out or is it, you know, today it's John, tomorrow it's Cindy, the next day it's Tracy? It is the same person. I have one assistant. I have the contractors with the company, but I have one assistant. I have Amy. So I tell my client, my assistant Amy is going to contact you. Okay. And here's what she's going to ask for. Okay. So it's the same person. If for some reason Amy's out, I think Jan, who is the president of the company, would take up the slack, but she would still be emailing as Amy. Okay. So for all I know, you know what? It could be 20 people that are all Amy. Yeah, but as far as I know, every time I've talked to Amy, it's the same Amy. Yeah, it's interesting. So you're right. It is a people business, and you want to have that relationship, and we don't want to end up being a call center. Like, we don't want to be an 800 number that uh, a client calls, and who knows who they're going to get, and who knows if that person is going to be able to help them. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I chose this company was because I said... I want the same person every time. I want to develop a relationship with them so that I can call Amy or I can email and say, here's what I need. And I know when I can hit Amy up at five o'clock on a Friday and she's actually going to get the work done still. Or if she's going to say, no, we're going to wait till Monday. And she knows when it's urgent enough for me that I say, I know it's five o'clock on Friday, but I really need this done. I want to have that relationship Quite honestly, I just don't I don't want to pay. pay her full time. <laughs> yeah. So I'll let someone else pay her full time and utilize her better. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, find us on SoundCloud and iTunes at MDRT Podcast. We'll see you next time.